Peace and blessings. It is your boy, Eli Rex, a.k.a. Vibes. And welcome to New York Revival. We're not just sports. It's entertainment. Thank you guys for spending your Tuesday night with us. I am here, of course, with my other host, man, Mr. Glass Half Full. Speed if you nasty now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here with my guy, El Jefe, Jeff, man. And welcome aboard, man. We thank you guys for spending this Tuesday night with us. Of course, we have a special guest in the building, but we're just going to wait this out. Go around the room. How was y'all weekend, man? It's a beautiful day today, man. We got special guests. New York Revival's on a whole new level. <laughs> the, the weekend yeah, doesn't even yeah. the weekend doesn't yeah. even matter now i'm all jazzed up about this show i mean <laughs> how how we can't keep them waiting in the waiting room this is too exciting Spiro, what's now, you got? Let, now let me let me tell you this i was actually rushing for the weekend to end who the hell is yeah. this who's this psychopath that's what tiki barber will do for you end? yeah you know what i mean that's what tiki barber would do so guys of course and, and, and mr glass i i'm sorry before i go yep. along how was yours Hey, listen, the, it, it, we, we were working through the weekend to get to this Monday here. It's a, a manic Monday. It's a fun Monday because we got a big name here. But I was out golfing last weekend. Pinehurst, you know, if you guys, if, if there's golfers out there, get to Pinehurst because that, that's a dope-ass place. That's a, let's just say it. It's a dope-ass <laughs> place. But, hey, we got bigger things on the plate today. We got, we got bigger things on the plate. Eli. Tell me. Tell me. We really do. And, guys, please leave your comments in the chat, guys. We will read some of them. Give Tiki some answers, I mean, some questions, guys, and hopefully he can answer them on the show. Maybe we'll do that there. We're going to have some callers as well. So, guys, it's going to be a fun show, positive vibes and et cetera. But without further ado, let me just read some of this off, guys. Let me just read some of this off. Yeah, who's on our show today? Who is this guy? Let me just go with this guy. Three-time pro bowler and all-pro. He's in the Giants' ring of honor. I mean, I mentioned he has the greatest, the hottest show right now in New York at WFAN, Tiki and Tyranny. But, guys, without further ado, the legend himself is here, Mr. Tiki Bobby. What's up, boys? Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hold on. Tiki, great to meet you, brother, man. Jeff, you got to drink it. Otherwise, you don't mean it, bro. Oh, Come on. Absolutely. You got to drink it, man. What are you doing? Now, if you're down it, they, they, they say you're an So you can't down it. You just got to take a sip. All right? Since when, do you have to, since, since when do you have to tell the Irish guy to take a sip? Of yeah, right. That's on me. That will not happen again, I promise. That's all, please don't, man. You messed up the rotation. But Tiki Barber is here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. How's everything? How was your week? How's the talk show? How's everything? We're going to go over that, but how was your weekend, most importantly? Everything's great, man. I was down in Charlottesville at my alma mater this past weekend. Um, nice. I was down there helping out um, with a documentary that the Center for Politics is doing. I don't want to get geeky on you, but we all know about, <laughs> we the, we we all know about the Central Park Five in New York. Yes. And those guys were in jail for a long time. They finally got released, exonerated, and they can restart their lives. Well, back in 1949, there was a group of seven black men who were accused of raping a woman in Martinsville, Virginia. They were uh, arrested, denied due process, tried and executed in in two years for rape. And so we we down at the center of politics are trying to tell that story uh, because it's important. It got overshadowed by Brown versus the Board of Education and it kind of got lost in history. We're trying to bring it back. So that was my weekend down in Charlottesville, back at my alma mater, Uh, but it's been great, man. WFAN yes. has been a blessing. I was on the national level for nine years, and that was fun. But it's hard <laughs> to have passion on the national level. Nobody, yes. like, nobody yes. gets jazzed up on the national level. On WFAN, no. people get jazzed. So oh. it's been a blessing. It's been great. Awesome. Hey, no, that's Tiki, what, of course, doing great things. Them, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that's off the Tiki doing great things. Thank you so much for sharing that. We got to support definitely that documentary when it comes out and everything that is involved in it, guys. So please let us know. Be more than happy to support. But we'll just get right into it, man. And um, of course, you know, we got everybody going around the room. We got tons of questions. So I'm going to start with either Jeff or Spiro. You guys rock since the baby this out, man. And ask Tiki a question. What was going on? I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump you there, Jeff. Because that's I a little you. that's a little I'm rude. Gonna, but I know, yeah. I know, I know. But he kind of <laughs> led into it. Led into the question here. So coming to WFAN, you come to New York. How's New York treating you? You're talking yeah. all sports now. Has this been your goal all along? Do you want to well, want to talk all sports? So if you go back to when we started on CBS Sports Radio, which is a national network, for those who don't understand what it means, CBS Sports Radio had. I mean, 600 or so affiliates around the country that they would service, but they were playing ESPN radio and Fox Sports radio and NBC radio. And so they uh, CBS started a national network so that they could put their own and operated content, put us on their own operating content. Um, the idea when we first started uh, uh, 2013 was to have one of the two signals in New York. Because you all know that it's Love still it. WFAN 660 yep. and also 101.9. The idea was that the national network would be on one of those stations. The problem was WFAN is too popular. WFAN <laughs> is on both of those stations. Yeah. And we never had a chance to be uh, local. And so when um, Spike Eskin, who is our new PD, approached us about seven months ago and said, we have an idea. Like we're, we're just doing an inventory on the talent that we have on the local side and on the national side. And we think we want to move you guys to WFAN. I mean, BT was like jumping to the roof because yeah. <laughs> BT grew up in Brooklyn. Like, he, yeah, he, yes. like imagine Chomp a little kid at like six year old listening to the, the, the radio in the, on his bed. That was BT, like calling in when he was 12 year old. That, that was BT. He's so living he his has, dream. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. He has this amazing passion for local sports. And so it's awesome to be here with him. But I'm a New Yorker. I mean, I've, I've become one, even though I live in Jersey now. But I spent you know my entire professional career uh, here in New York on the, in the Northeast. My you know, 13 years I lived in the city um, and and to hear sports talk radio debate with some of those hosts right. over the years, in particular, Mike Francesa, yeah. who we grew to respect over over the years. We had some battles and to now be sitting in his chair. I mean, literally his chair. When we got the deal, he sent us a note and said, you know, this is you know what to do, right? It's blocking. So he's cool. He was cool with it. Passing the he torch. He was great. He was great. Awesome. So it's all awesome. it's awesome to be local and to hear all the passion uh, that the fans have. And despite what I thought, it's only been a little bit of hate. So a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, we'll this is New York. That. We'll get this to that. Is, we'll get to yeah, that. This is New York, man. But, you, 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 there's always going to be that hate. There's always going to be that hate. <laughs> And listen, I'll tell you this. How does it feel working with BT? He's a firecracker sometimes on yeah. that radio. His passion just oozes right. through. So how does it feel? Like, I see when you try to make a point, he'll cut right in and, like, like oh, yeah. yeah, You know, he'll go crazy. So how does it feel working well, with BT, well, man? Well, Eli, it depends on what we're talking about. Because if we're, <laughs> we're hitting baseball. And I got to give him – first of all, let me back up. I got to give him a ton of credit. I grew up in southwest Virginia. Baseball was the Atlanta Braves because they were on right. TBS. Like I didn't have a passion for baseball. I never, I didn't play it past you know middle school. Um, I started wrestling and running track and doing other things. So I didn't have that passion that Northeasterners or New Yorkers or New Jersey or even Philly and Boston. I didn't have that passion for baseball. Right. I give BT a ton of credit because he knew when we started our show back in 2013, he, we want we needed to talk baseball, and so he taught it to me. 
He, yeah. he, he legit that's taught awesome. it to me, like the, the ins and outs and, you know, you know, the importance of rotations and, you know, the, the, like just the, just the, the X's intricacies, and O's, so to the speak, intricacies. the intricacies <laughs> of baseball. So he taught it, right. he taught it to me. So now we can talk it. Um, so the first thing I'll say about BT is that he is a great teacher, right? He, like he understands how to get the best out of his partner. Now he drives our show, as you guys know. Um, he's the driver. He he takes us in, takes us to break, <laughs> takes us to topics, all of those things. And I'm kind of like the analyst that sits there. Um, but every now and then I do get passionate and yeah. he, and he drives me down that path. He's like, hey, <laughs> this is you, man. You do it. You do your thing. You, and so he's he's like a Sounds great like coach you. and a great teammate at the same time, if that makes sense. So it's, aw- it's awesome working with him. And I trust him completely. You know what That's I mean? Awesome. Like sometimes you get these partners and like you know they're 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 not they don't have your best interest at in, at heart. BT always mm-hmm. does, and he's always had my back, um, despite what people wanted to say to him privately about me. And and I respect the hell out of him. He's he's like a brother. He really is. I was gonna say that comes across. You right. guys are clearly like the way you argue and then laugh about it at the end. Like that's some <laughs> exactly. brother. That's some brother stuff right there. <laughs> right. But you actually sound great too. Like your voices are you even sound great. I know the fans yeah. coming coming over in HD now. I can see it on my radio popping up. Which is, <laughs> which is yes. Nice. But you guys actually sound great too. It's cool. I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah, so, totally, totally agree. But go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. I'm ready to face it. I'm ready to get right to it and just go jump ahead. in the fire with Tiki. So go ahead, Tiki. Yeah. The Eli comments, right? And that's what there's, you know, we're promoting this show. And I'm, I was surprised. There's still fans that are pretty salty about that. Right? How many of them heard <laughs> what I actually said? Probably 2%. Good question. It's a good question. I, I think it's less than 2%. It was well, a preseason I, game. It was my first broadcast, by the way, oh, on geez. Football Night in America um, after spending a decade in the NFL. Um, it was a preseason game late as hell at night because it was, you know, 8 o'clock kickoff. Game was over at whatever time. And I said something in, in not jest, but like my real feeling about Eli, because people don't know him. Like people see Eli and they're like, oh, he's he's a he's a manning. He's like he's a, he's stoic. Now well, then they did. Now they've seen him and they're like, this dude is funny. Everybody as shit. knows Eli now. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? This dude is and so yes. when I was asked about him, his leadership style, I said, you know, it's like it's comical, like how he tries, how he leads us. And obviously, if you take that in a vacuum, like yep. you take that. Mm-hmm. And you cut it out, and you Eli's leadership is comical, and it it sounds like there's I'm being mean. I'm not. What I was saying was the dude is funny. He's funny. Right. He leads, he leads yes. that way because he's not a bombastic, get in your face, yell. He's 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 quiet, but he would do things that would be engaging, and you knew he was growing exponentially. And you know, it's it, all kudos to him for his success that he had. You know, despite people wanting to hate on the you know 500 record and you know some of the interceptions and things of that nature the dude was a great leader for us because he he was relatable i mean he is he is one of the first of the in the first family of football current first families of football with the mannings and i said it would end but i didn't think i didn't know about arch i didn't know about cooper's son and so i think that thing is still going he might be better than everybody yeah right absolutely and and he's he like he's a great person and it got misconstrued. The only reason it became a story, uh, the only reason, because it usually things like that are a one day story. You know what I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. in the back of the paper. You're eating like, oh, screw Tiki, you know, whatever. And then it's gone. You forget about it. Eli responded to it, which made it a year long story. And then yeah. they won the Super Bowl. 
And then Mike Frances is on air on Super uh, Bowl Sunday saying, you know, the biggest loser here is Tiki uh, Barber. I'm like, what the hell are we even talking about? Me, me, meanwhile, meanwhile, Eli and I have, have talked this out yeah. and we're good. We're good from jump. But you know, like you can't fight City Hall or, yeah, or you, know, you, can't, you can't fight New York media. It's and a lot nice. of people don't know that aspect that literally right after, I believe there was an interview where you said you actually called him. It was like, yeah. hey, Eli, I, I was, it wasn't meant that way. And I That's think right. people don't know that you actually did an interview after the Super Bowl and say, hey, yes. man, why did you win without me? So if you, can, <laughs> if you can, just take us through that, that, that journey, that conversation. How was Eli? How did he react to that? If you don't mind, share yeah. us a little bit of that so, intimacy. So first, so first of all, I, people always ask me, do you miss the game? So for those first like three weeks of the of that 2007 season, I would be nervous. I'd be sitting at NBC Studios um, in this you know little room. It'd be me, Chris Collinsworth, Jerome Bettis. Um, I forget who else was in there. Uh, Peter King was there. We're just sitting in this little room watching football. And like as the Giants were kicking off, because we'd be there all day, and I'd be nervous. I'd be like, oh man, like was like I was getting ready to play. And then halfway <laughs> through the season. I kind of lost that nerve, right? I kind of lost, it, it felt like I was uh, evolving into the analyst uh, that I was eventually going going to become. And so I wasn't nervous about him and I could start looking at him more critically and not being the homer and saying what I saw, et cetera. And for a while, and you guys remember this, it was like, man, this team stinks. They're not, they're yeah. not gonna, they're not, they're not Super Bowl viable Absolutely. until they were. And then they started just grinding and you saw Ahmad Bradshaw come into his zone. He had that mm -hmm. game against Buffalo and the penultimate game of the season where he just went buck wild and in the snow. Like, it's yeah. like, dude, they have a chance. And yeah. then they, they almost beat the Patriots as we remember. And you know, this wasn't an NBC playoff. Right. So they had a playoff game, but they didn't have the Super Bowl. And as they made their way through, you know, the Tampa Buccaneers, the Cowboys and um, uh, the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay, yeah. it was like, they, they have the, the guy to do it. That guy obviously yeah. was Eli. Because in the you can say what you want about Eli in the postseason, there's not many better. You know what Boom. I mean? It just, it's just what it is. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. And nice. they get to the Super Bowl, and I remember, so I'm covering it basically for the Today Show, not for NBC Sports, <laughs> yeah. because NBC yeah. Sports isn't it's not their game, so I can't cover it. So I'm covering it for the Today Show. So I'm doing all these like, I don't know, soft interviews, like what's going on around town type of thing. <laughs> but on game day, it's a it's a great story because on game day. Um, we have credentials. We can go down in the area, but we can't go on the field. So if the Giants win, I can't. I can't be out oh, there because because oh. I think it was a Fox Super Bowl, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. So I, I remember this. I grabbed my crew, like the cameraman, mm -hmm. my producers. This 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 uh, this woman who I knew very well. Her name is Alicia Barbo, and we're standing right on the edge of the tunnel, right outside the field. And I tell them. When this game ends, because you like you knew at a certain point the Giants were going to win. I was like, when this game ends, you have to run, yeah, like, just like sprint. Because what's going to happen is these those guys that you see in the yellow jackets over there, they're all going to grab ropes and they're going to close the ropes. And once they close those ropes, if you don't have the right credential, which we didn't, game you over. can't you can't get into the ropes. 
And so yeah. right after the game, last whistle sounds. I'm like, let's go. And so we're like, <laughs> we're like, we're like running, like flying. And and I'm leaving them because you know, I'm yeah, still running exactly. <laughs> right? so, running you still running a four three. So exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Like I'm really, I'm like legit yelling at them. Come on, like one on your on. shoulders, right? And he's got this big heavy ass camera. Producers running. <laughs> And and I get inside and then it closes and they're they're like right outside of it and I'm like, damn. damn so I it. so I turn around I go to the guy, I go to the, I go to the security guy just you know he's paid for the day, right? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yo yo that's that's my crew I need them in here. <laughs> need and them. he's and he's like trying to look at my credential but not really, and then he looks at my face and he's like, oh Tiki oh you're good. Oh, right, man, so, he, so he just assumed. He just assumed. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, was, yeah. I was a former Giant. Then he let me in, and so yeah. here I was. You know, it's a Fox Super Bowl, whatever, whatever team was calling, whatever crew was calling it. And here I am with my NBC crew. I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm hammering it up with Sam Madison and David <laughs> Deal down there and Sean O'Hara, like oh, all yeah. these dudes, and they're all like giving me dabs and hugs, and it was, it was awesome. And I did a couple yes. interviews. So I go find Pat Hamlin, um, and I'm like, Pat. I'd, I'd, I'd love to get Eli. I mean, I, I, he's the Super Bowl MVP. Like, I'd, can I get Eli? And, you know, I'm kind of persona non grata at the time. <laughs> right, right, and so right. I'm expecting him to say no. And yeah. he says, Teak, I got you. And so they do it. We do it in the tunnel, not on the field. We do it in the tunnel after, um, uh, after the ceremony and they get the trophy and everything. And it's just me and Eli. It was, it was, it was amazing. You know what I mean? And we just awesome. had this great conversation about, the journey that he took that season and, you know, the success and it was great. And then I went up and I went and logged it and stayed up all night and went was on the today because it was in Arizona. So, you know, we've got finished at about three in the morning or two in the yeah. morning. And um, I had to be on air like an hour later uh, to present it. <laughs> And I'm sitting in there and I hear Francesca say, the biggest loser is Tiki Barber. And I'm like, yeah, screw yeah, you, Mike. I cut that, right? <laughs> I can't wait in my parade right now. Exactly. But 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 that's how it happened. And yeah. you know, that's awesome. it, it was it was a it was it was weird because obviously I, I wasn't part of it, but I kind of was. Yes. You know, I don't have a ring, but I, I experienced it with those guys in a in a unique way, which was uh which was awesome, man. I I, I can't I, it's, it's a memory you never forget. Absolutely. We really appreciate you uh, diving into that. And I'm yes. actually going to take a different angle on that. And thank you for those comments, because what if that was the fire that that Eli needed? Because I've seen in uh, documentaries and stuff, <laughs> Strahan, Strahan comes out and says, you know, when Eli responded to Tiki, that was the first time like I saw Eli with a little bit of teeth. Like yeah. with a lit, like with a little, yeah, he never got mad. He was never mad. Comical <laughs> way, though, like you said, even Eli was being comical, like you just said. With his response, is a little yeah. bit of yes. Bit of yes. You know, it's funny you say it's funny you say that, Spiro, because when he when he responded, I was like, oh, that's witty. Now, Tiki, let me let me ask you this: Do you? And I hate to use this word because not many people will say that they do, but do you feel like you regret ending your no. career a little bit too no. early? No, you know why, uh, Eli? Why's that? So so, like. It's hard to, to have um, experienced my shoes as a New York athlete. Like you guys will remember, early in my career, I was just a guy. I was just a you know. Three years, man. Three, three years. years. I, was, I was a dude. I was a dude on the team, right? They tried to replace me over and over again. Joe Montgomery, Sean Bennett. Remember Sean Bennett? Mm -hmm. uh, he, come, he comes in. Gary Brown. May he rest in peace. He just passed yes. away. That's such a sad, tragic story. Yeah. Absolutely. Great friend. Um, he passed away. 
Um, they drafted uh, Ron Dane in 2000. Mm-hmm. And you know, so, so the early part of my career, it was like, man, this is a grind. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Right. I have a degree from the University of Virginia. Let me let me see what else I can do. And and I, I was joking with you guys before we got on here. I, I knew I wanted to try media, started working at WFAN doing overnights at 10 o'clock at night with Joe Beningo, 10 to 2 in the morning over that crappy ass uh, studio <laughs> in Queens underneath the, the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I started to like enjoy talking. You know, prior to that, I was kind of shy. I just started to love talking. And then I took an acting class because I wanted there to learn is. how to like, like project, like hold myself and, you know, be confident and, and project, right. And smile, like have a persona of, you know, create a brand. And it, and it just, it gave me a different level of understanding of, of self. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm now like on this, this side parallel path doing media while still trying to be a football player, if that makes sense. It's like, <laughs> yeah, there's two yeah. divergent things. Right. But eventually I became pretty good as a football player. And so the opportunities in media just kept, they grow, they grew. <laughs> Right. They just kept growing. Yeah, so absolutely. I went from WFAN. I was working at the Yes Network and then I was doing W uh, uh, CBS doing the, the, the news. And it ultimately led to me uh, with a stint on Fox News uh, because me and Rondé wrote children's books, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. we we went and we're promoting these children's books. And Brian Kilmeade was like, hey, you should come host one day. I was like, all right, that'll be fun. Why not? I never t- I've never turned down an opportunity. Right. So I did it. He's like, that was great. You should come back. It ended up being. Tuesdays with Tiki on Fox and Friends. And I did it for two years uh, in the off seasons. And ultimately, I started doing it during the season, which was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we play on a Sunday <laughs> and Tuesday morning, I'd be up at three o'clock and getting ready to talk with the, you know, Iraqi ambassador. <laughs> so it's just crazy <laughs> stuff going on. That's what your Absolutely. passion was, it sounds like. It, I mean, it, was, it was just interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? I have a natural curiosity. So it just became interesting to learn about things other than sports. Mm-hmm. And um, as I started to get a little bit older, um, you know, I'm hitting 27, 28, 29. I'm having these great seasons. Um, and, you know, we'll get to the Wellington Mayor story, as, you, as we talked about earlier. But that 05 season, it was a, it was a critical moment for me um, because the emotion of, of losing both of our owners, both of whom I was close with, I almost quit after 05. Um, Mm -hmm. but I decided to come back for one more year. And, um, but while all this is happening, you know, I get invited to go to Israel with Shimon Perez, right? Uh, because I worked at Fox news, Tony Snow, who was uh, president Bush's press secretary, um, he got sick and he left and he started doing Fox sport, uh, Fox news radio. And he had me on every Thursday. He's like, you know, Condoleezza Rice wants to meet you. So I go and have (laughs) lunch with the, with secretary of state rice at the state. Like all this stuff was happening. Right. right. And and, right. and and it had nothing to do with football. And I started thinking about, God, when the season's over, you know, I'm going to take two weeks off and I'm going to go grind again. Right. I'm going to work out with Karini and deadlifting and squatting. And all this other stuff was just becoming more like kind of interesting to me. Right. And right. my body was getting beat up. And 400 touches wasn't interesting to you? Uh, yeah. 400 right. touches a year? <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget it. It happened in Philadelphia. My the second my last season in 06. Jeremiah Trotter beat the crap out of me Ooh. down there. And it took me, rock. it took me four days to recover. And I remember telling Jim Finn, our fullback, Finney, I'm done, man. He's like, what do you mean? Mm. I was like, I'm done. I'm gonna have a great year, but I'm done. I'm ready for whatever's next. And um, you know, I'm an idiot. I didn't think that the Giants were close to winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> and so, and so I walked away None right into the Today Show. Right? right. Wow. Think about mm-hmm. it. I, I left the game 
before I had I I got my last paycheck from the Giants, I had already signed a contract with with NBC and the Today Show for a a, a good number doing something that nobody else had done before, right? And yeah. it was just I was fulfilled, like I was happy, I was completely content. I wasn't even thinking about working out and playing for the Giants. I was I was done. I was past it. Um, and then they won a Super Bowl, and so I could say, yeah, I should have stayed another year. But I wasn't really ready to, were willing to put in that grind anymore, and mm. I was ready for the next step. And um, I can't regret, you know, the things that, that that I've done and the choices that I've made. You just you just keep going forward. Glass half full, right, Spiro? You beat first of all, yes, and you beat Strahan to to the punch. I know that. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was just no, he wasn't. You were the know first. What? You were a blueprint. Straight, straight wasn't even thinking about it. Straight exactly. wasn't even thinking about that. Nobody was thinking think about you. that. Just well, thank you. He, he's not going to thank me because Stray's journey is amazing. Yes, Stray, Stray did it smartly, you know, because I got to yeah. NBC and I didn't really have an advocate. Like there was nobody. I, I was kind of like I was thrown in. It's right. Football Night in America was different. But the Today mm -hmm. Show, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to write a story. I don't know how to do Absolutely. any of this stuff. So I was just kind of like lost for a year or so. And then I started doing some good stories. And, you know, it was it was fun. But it, it was directionless. You know what I mean? Right. Strahan um, uh, partnered with this producer. Her name was Constance Swartz. And she, like, crafted his his career. Like let it right down. Started hosting the Kid Choice Awards and all these things that she was producing. Like he did it the right way, right? I did it first, but he did it the right <laughs> way. And there's a reason. There's a reason that he's had so much success. Well, no, I just maybe <laughs> stuck a little bit in his um, his mind he could do it, but he he crushed it uh, because of how he took that path. And now you're seeing other guys. Nate Burleson is doing this as well yeah, with yeah, CBS. Yeah. Um, Friend of the show. You know, Shout out Nate. <laughs> yep, that's right. You know, Jesse yeah. Jesse Palmer is hosting The Bachelor. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot of guys right. that, are, crazy. that are that have crossed over. <laughs> now we're gonna get to a certain segment where we're gonna have certain callers come in, ask you a question. But before we get to those callers, was high and tight just as awkward holding it as much as looking at it? <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Hey, How the high question. and tight was. You know? You, know what that, you know what that was? You know what that what was? was? That? What that was, was that? That was F U Tom Coughlin. Here's why. Yes. Here's here's why. The first thing he said to me, the first, when yes. I first met him, he was like, "Atik, I know you're 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 great, or you think you're great, but if you fumble, uh, you're you're not playing. Period." And I was like, "All right, I better fix this." So me and Gerald Ingram, his running back coach, worked on the mechanics of it. You know, it wasn't just like hold it tighter. It's like let's 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 look at the physics of this and figure mm -hmm. it out. Like, how can I prevent myself from fumbling? And Tom Coughlin was always like, "Atik, high and tight, high and tight." And so we figured it out, keep the elbow <laughs> down, keep the body of contact. If you go into, a, you know, if someone's going to hit you off ball, off, off hand, cross on ball wrist and go to the ground like this. Right. Um, but even when I was over the field, he'd be like, Tiki, high and tight. So it was just like, all right, screw you. Cut. It's going to be high and tight the whole time. So I'm like, all right. That never came down. Like, never you came like down. that? So I remember yeah. going through the offseason like, oh, you like yeah. that side tight, coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it just and it just stuck. Awesome. It just stuck. Awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it looked uh, crazy, but wasn't it? Was it crazy, I don't know but... that it looked crazy, but it helped. It really, right. really helped. So I guess right. shout out Tom Coughlin. <laughs> but uh, guys, DC, man. absolutely. Let's go to a little bit of the call list, man. Who we got here, Jeff? Let's do it. Let's go to our good friend, Authentic. Let's bring him in real quick. Hey, oh, I, I get first dibs, bro. What's good? Yeah, buddy. What's going on, brother? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well, man. Um, this is amazing, dude. Like, to get this kind of insight, man, that fumble story that we just heard right there from Tiki Barber. 
Uh, this, this is amazing, man. So, um, you know, salute to Tiki Barber one time for just like bringing this to our community and the Giants community. Y'all know we've been doing this. We we put our heart and soul into into building content for Giants fans across the country, and to have somebody, not just somebody, but a legend like Tiki up here on a panel with y'all, that's amazing. So. God bless y'all for having me on the panel, just for starters. Nah, you got Anytime, it, man. You're, you're, you're a professional over there. Yes, hey, thank you, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a producer and, a, and an engineer uh, by day. I live in Washington, D.C., so when you talked about um, the Northeast not really being, or I'm sorry, people down here in our in our area not really being accustomed to baseball and all that, I totally know about that. My mom was forcing me to play baseball back in the day. Uh, Dude, but I won't, I won't take you. up too much time. I just want to get to a hold couple on. questions. They need to get yeah. you in front of the mic, bro. You you got the you got pipes, bro. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you, Oh, I appreciate that's that. Authentic, man. Man. That's authentic, man. I appreciate that, guy. man. That, that, that means a lot coming from you, man. Um, yeah, I, I definitely watched great. your career, man, and uh, salute to your broadcast career you got going Thank on right you. now. I appreciate um, you. I just wanted to get this. It's kind of a two-part question I kind of want to ask, focused on one part of it. I told Eli okay. about this earlier. Okay. Um, you know, with, with what's happening with Daniel Jones in the first three years of his career, we know already, you know, the kid has not had the best uh, nope. fair shake, we'll say. Um, in New York for the first three years, they they neglected to build around him for the first couple of years. I remember Darius Slayton being the only um, offensive weapon that was drafted during his tenure. Um, but being that he has had these struggles, and we we looking at the uh, you know the past Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, we're looking at most guys who are Hall of Famers or soon to be Hall of Famers, guys like Patrick Mahomes, right. Russell Wilson. You got a couple outliers there with Nick Foles and and maybe a Flacco and and a few others maybe, and that's about it. And my question here, with all that said, is with Daniel Jones, one, what do we have to see from him this year? Or I'll say, what do you want to see from him this year where the Giants would retain him? And two, yeah. is there anything that would be enough to be invested in a quarterback who in the first three years of his career has not you know, shown those? It's, it kind of reminds people of Eli, and I do see a lot of people making that comparison yeah. where it's like it's not flashing greatness right off the bat. And if we do get a great season here coming up in uh, 2022, is that yeah. even going to be enough? Yeah, the comparison is 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 I think smart because they have similar personalities. Like if Daniel Jones had been drafted to New York without us having experienced Eli Manning, we would have said there's no way you're making it in New York. That's a great point. But his de- his yes. demeanor, um, Eli's demeanor that is, sets Daniel Jones and as a as a potential success in New York. Now you're right about that stat that you said. It's actually seventy six percent of teams that won a Super Bowl have a quarterback that's going to be a hall that is or is going to be a hall of famer and for the for the other 24% of teams that didn't have that hall of fame quarterback they had elite defenses the the, the Redskins yeah. formerly Redskins back in the 80s the Chicago Bears the Tampa Bay Buccaneers unfortunately the Baltimore Ravens who beat us up in 2000 yeah, uh, even 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 the, the <laughs> Eagles with Nick Foles they had a top 10 defense or top 5 defense that year that they won the Super Bowl so if you don't have a Hall of Fame level quarterback you better have an elite level defense so the question you ask and this is just me this is my metric because i i look at stats is Daniel Jones a Hall of Famer the answer is probably no and so as a result i've i've as I've tried to evaluate what the Giants should do regarding Daniel Jones, I have to be fair because he has had four coaches, four offensive coordinators in three years, which is just ridiculous. Um, We know that that doesn't lead to success, but we also know he's an extraordinarily talented kid. Like he's smart. He's an athlete. He can throw the ball when they allowed him to push it downfield in his rookie season. We saw a couple 300 yard games and we know he can do those things, but if he's great, what do we do? (laughs) <laughs> right. What if he if he has a, a Pro Bowl season? What do we do? We pay him 30 million dollars. Right. It's so 
it, it because of the clock and how it works with quarterbacks, it's almost like he doesn't have a fair shot this year, even if he has success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's look, I don't I'm not going to say this is a toll year for the Giants because I, I mean, they could you know mess around and win eight games or even, you know, get over nine and, and you know, uh, have a have a plus 500 Ooh. record. But I feel like this is a year to build and 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 hold steady with a guy like Daniel Jones. And it's a shame he might go someplace else after this is done, all said and done, and be great because he's still young-ish. But I, I don't see him as the future, despite my my affinity for him as a person and as a quarterback if he has the right coaching. It's totally fair. fair. It's the nature of the business and rookie rookie contracts for a quarterback. They they take up such a huge chunk of the salary cap that you got to win with them on a rookie deal and and know that you have your guy before you pay him. That's right. Or or pay him if you're going to pay him. You got to know that he's your franchise, like your brand, your face, your franchise, and you can give him a ten year deal or an eight year deal which basically creates a bank for you that you can borrow against when you need right. to, you know, rearrange the cap at some time down the road. That's what Patrick Mahomes did. Right. right? He signed this long say. ass yeah. deal, Absolutely. which isn't high on AAV. I mean, it is actually, but not actual AAV. The real money is not actually that high. The AAV is enormous, you know, right. but that's not guaranteed money. It's fungible money um, because they know he's going to be there. They know right. that they can mess with the money, you know, for the next seven years. Um, that, we're not in that situation with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. That makes so, sense. Do, you, do you think there's a case where um, a guy like Daniel Jones, who, you know, he, he he's shown maybe uh some flashes here and there. Could you sign a quarterback in this day and age to a deal that's not that top dollar that the quarterbacks yes. are getting that Dak yes. Prescott deal? Yes, you do, um, because we saw it exactly with Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee yeah. Titans. Right. So it can happen, but it usually doesn't happen with the team that's drafted them. Right. It's it's right. usually somewhere else. And so that's why I say I I, t- I could completely see Daniel Jones going someplace wherever um, trying to think where it would, would be. Let's say Trey Lance fails in San Francisco. I could see him going out the Kyle Shanahan system, you know, two years from now yeah. and just beasting it. Right. Because it's all about scheming success. Right. Yeah. There's two ways for success, at least on offense in the NFL, as you guys know, you either have superior talent. Like let's just hand that dude the ball and and, and go beast it, yeah. or 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 you scheme it, right? You 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 misdirection, you 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 create mismatches with lineups. Um, you throw a, a wide receiver so they think you're in double. San Francisco. Two, yep, two tight end personnel. All of a sudden mm-hmm. that receiver is a running back. Corderell Patterson's the same way uh, in Atlanta. It's the reason he finally caught on and they signed him uh, down there in Arthur Smith's system, right? So it, you either scheme it or you have superior talent. I could see right. Daniel Jones in a system like that dominating. Right. And and so he could go someplace else and do really well, like Ryan Tannehill. I just don't see the I don't see the path in New York because of the money that it would take if he has a great season. Unless he just says, you know what, I want to be here, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll take 12 million dollars to be your core starting point. He, seems, awesome, he right? seems so <laughs> nice <laughs> that I could see him totally actually good. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's, let's yeah you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. But uh, thank you, Authentic. Thank you so much, man. Shout out what you got going on, please. Appreciate you, buddy. Hey, man, thank you all for having me on the panel. Eli, I appreciate you reaching out, man. Um, I'm just gearing up to get the podcast back going during football season. For those that don't know, I, I do a show called Authentic in the Beard with my partner. Um, oh, nice. I've known him since Great. we was kids. Uh, both came up in the DMV area. Uh, he's a Washington fan. I'm a New York Giants fan. So I, I give you that little bit of a perspective that's coming from a Washington, D.C. area. It's not the in New York kind of heart of in New York, yeah. you know, kind of being brainwashed by the media that's over there. Not that it's bad or anything. <laughs> Um, but it's definitely a different perspective. But y'all can check us out at Authentic in the Beard, spelled the way I spell it. 
And yep. um, we podcast um, every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday morning. So we at it, man. I appreciate y'all again for having me on. And uh, Tiki, this is a blessing again, man. I, I really appreciate you just doing things like this because I come from the music industry where yeah. there's a lot of gatekeeping. And, and this is yeah. important to people like us on this panel. So, again, thank you. I appreciate you out there. I'll check you, you out, too, as well. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. Y'all be good. Hey, hey, appreciate thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, let's get to another call. I think we have someone lined up as well for Tiki. Yes, sir. If authentic sounds like a pro, it's because he is a pro. He's a pro. pro. He's been doing this for years. He's great. He's He's awesome. Now, one thing that before we get to the caller, the one thing we do in the New York Giants community, as far as content creators, we all invite each other on each other's show and we support each other. So, authentic's one of the guys we support. So, you know, that's the reason why we're like, hey, man, join, man. He's a huge fan. So, I'm happy that he got the opportunity to actually meet you. But, all right, let's, what else we got, Jeff? Who else we got? Spiro, you're gonna say something? Yes. Uh, yeah, we got. Hey, listen, we got. Uh, I, I got. Another, you want me to bring in my caller? Sure. Yeah, I, please. I, I got a caller yeah, here. We got, we got uh, the next caller. Right, let's bring him in. Hey, Mr. Gregory hey. Butler. Hey, hey. what is up? Cheers, brother. Cheers, gentlemen. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for your time, Tiki. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Greg. So, uh, giant season ticket holder since the '80s, my whole wow. damn life. <laughs> your career was in the wheelhouse of. 12 years old and so on. So it's NFL draft season. So the cliche everybody always goes to when they're drafted, not in the top three is they remember all of the players who were drafted ahead of them. (laughs) They have a chip on their shoulder. So the first part of the question is, do you know the guys that were drafted at running back in the first round ahead of you? I think then, there was only uh, there was two, right? Corey Dillon. Oh, he knows. I know. I know who the other one was, and I'll tell you a funny story. The other one was Warwick Dunn, and Warwick right. Dunn yes. was my not my nemesis because he's he's such a great dude. He's like my boy. Yeah. My brother actually roomed with him when they first got drafted down there in Tampa. Ronnie was in the third round. Warwick was in the first. But um, the president at the time, I'm forgetting his name now, um, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, told me after the fact that they wanted the Bucks. that is, they wanted to draft me uh, or Warwick. It was like a debate. Like, you, these, two, these two dudes are inseparable. And if you go look at our career stats, they're almost yeah. identical. Right. Yeah. Um, I had more receiving yards than he did, but our stats are, like, almost identical. And the reason they took Warwick instead of me is because he went to Florida State. And the Bucks, they, right. they, they they wanted the local like flavor Hometown as opposed kid. to the Virginia boy. Yeah, even though if they had taken Rondé <laughs> and Tiki in the first in the first and third rounds, I mean, it it'd been dope down there. It, it yeah. seemed to work out for both of you guys. <laughs> yes, it did. And then the second part about it was, I was a huge Rodney Hampton fan. Damn. Your career only crossed over a year, and I don't. I know he only played for two games that year, but. Yep. Your running back's room with Charles Way, Tyrone Wheatley. Was any one of those guys, would you say, transformative in a sense in your career? Oh, yeah. Maybe Charles Way being a Without UVA doubt. guy. So. so here's a funny story about Charles Way. So early in my career at UVA, not dissimilar to my career for the Giants, I wasn't really doing much. I was kind of like a third down guy, return punts and kickoffs and stuff like that. But there was one game I got to play in um, in my, fir- my first year down there. And Charles and I were running down the sideline, like side by side. He was leading me just a little bit, and I was running right behind him. He got drilled, like he got nailed, and he landed on top of me, and he broke my scapula, right? (laughs) And I'm like, it's like, Charles, 
you can't get out of the way. So I was out for like 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 a, like a month because Charles oh, broke my scapula. Um, my but God. he was the man in college. Charles Way was my liaison when I first came to the Giants because I had a familiarity with him and we were yeah. we were we were friendly and it made it comfortable for a, a kid from Southwest Virginia to come up to New York and not feel intimidated. I also had Percy Ellsworth. You guys may or may not remember oh, Percy Ellsworth. Percy. He was the oh, yeah. he was the safety. Yeah. He was my boy. He was from the 757. Um, you know, the, <laughs> shout uh, out, shout out. <laughs> exactly. Shout o- out, authentic, shout authentic will remember will know that. But he uh he he also used to take care of me. Um so yeah, it was Charles Way who really um indoctrinated me into yep. that, into that uh, the NFL world, into the Giants, and protected me in a sense. But Hamp, let me tell you a story about Hamp. Yep. Hamp used to hang, Good like boy. hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, I, and our our practice field overlooked the city. Like we could see the city, as you all you guys remember during 9/11. Like that was one of the reasons that we as a team, you know, told the league we can't play. Right? We are literally looking at a smoldering tower, um, mm-hmm. and there are hundreds of cars in our parking lot that were never going to get picked up because it was a commuter lot. But Hamp used to tell me, put his arm around me. We'd be on the practice field. He's like, young buck, don't go over there because <laughs> you will get lost. So the next year, I moved into the city. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, the greatest, it, was the greatest, it was the greatest thing I ever did. Yeah, but Hamp, Hamp, Hamp had knee injuries, and he opened the door for me to start my first game. And he played a couple, but he was he was, he was cool as hell. He's still cool as yeah. hell. We're big. Awesome. We're a big Rodney Hampton uh, fan. Oh, how can you not be, here? man? Absolutely. <laughs> Greg, yeah, is, is that all the show you got for today? Greg, appreciate That's you, buddy. It. I appreciate your time, Tiki. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Appreciate Cheers. it, Greg. Thanks, Thanks, man. All right. Take- thank Later. you, thank you, Greg. All right, and uh, before last but not least, do we have one more caller for Tiki? I think we, we had got, lined up. We got one more, not to be confused with Tiki. More. This is last this is but TK. not least. This is TK. TK. Let's TK. go. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! It's the greatest running back in my beloved Giants what history. Up? Let's go, Tiki Barber, baby. Let's go. I can honestly say I never thought this moment was going to happen. Bro, can I ask you a question? Oh, 100 percent. Go on. Where are the eyes? You don't have eyes in your head. <laughs> and your eye and your eye and your eyebrow your eyebrows are blocking you. It's connected. Those are those are epic style over here. Those are epic brows, bro. Let's Respect. Go, go. Okay. I'm, I'm never cutting them. Not for you, not for anyone, not my wife, nobody. That's the kind of guy we respect. That. I think he, it's so funny you say that. I always tell him he's more hair than face. <laughs> he ain't lying. That's he ain't great. lying. That's great. TK, what so, you got, brother? So, Tiki, I'm sure you get a ton of uh, football questions. And also, thank you for saying that everyone before me was professional because I definitely <laughs> am not. Hey, um, what, do you, what do you got? You got the uh, what do you got on back? We, like we a, got in the background. Uh, the history of the New York Giants playing for you back here, buddy. I love it. No big deal. I know no you know deal. like the back of your hand. Me, I need to be reminded because of the way my eyebrows and eyes are. <laughs> <laughs> so, ahead, I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn with this because okay. I didn't have any brothers. You came up with a twin brother and ended up both yeah. making it to the NFL. Kudos yeah, to man. your parents and their Kudo, team. Miss Barber, yeah. Mr. Barber, man. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Barber. We didn't know my dad until until um, about uh, I I knew him, but I didn't really reconnect with him until I got remarried and I got pregnant with my fifth kid. 
um, my wife reached out to my dad and was like, wow. I want my kids to know all their grandkids. And awesome. you, would you like to come visit? So he came, he came visit, we hit it off and we've been tight ever since. I have a half brother and a half sister um, that I've awesome. gotten, gotten really close. Wow. And there's the other side of my family that I've reconnected with about eight years ago, which is, which is, which is awesome. And by the way, there's the history of my father, which I'm sure you guys know, he was roommates with Bruce Arians at Virginia Tech. Oh, so, big deal. So Bruce no and, Bruce and wow. my pops were tight. And, uh, wow. Yeah. So, so I guess this was going to be a you versus Rondé type of mm -hmm. questioning. <laughs> but now let's open it up to the whole family. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start. We're going to start off here. I got off the links this afternoon and okay. I played terribly. Who's that's the me. better golfer? You no, or Rondé? Dude, Rondé lives in Florida. He lives in Florida, <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Right, right. He's, he's, and he's lived on a golf course. Rondé's oh. about a, a three uh, handicap oh. um, when he's that's on. A, I'm, I'm about I'm about a 21. Me too. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm <laughs> garbage. But that's his life. You know what I mean? He lives on yeah. a golf course. He he's uh, he has a member of a couple courses down there. Innisbrook, which does the Valspar Championship um, and, you know, Old Memorial. He plays He's almost official. every day. Oh, He's he oh, dude, he travels. He got he got invited to the Masters. Oh, wow. right, just All from right. some friend that's of crazy. his. It's a golfer. It's like, hey, you want to come to the Masters? I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, uh, good to, to know people. Yeah, exactly. No, he actually played Augusta with Peyton Manning. Right. So oh, come on. All right, I'm Tom, that you. was that was a layup. What else you got? Oh, it, was yeah, supposed, right. it was supposed to be a layup because you know, if you suck at golf, come play with us. We'll teach you how to really suck. I will. I will. Well, you don't you're not you're we'll not, not in those we'll PGA uh things anymore, so you can come and play with us. <laughs> anyway, second question. Who's better on the grill? Flipping burgers for a party. You, oh. Rondé, somebody Definitely else Rondé. in the family. Definitely Who's the Rondé. better grill master? So, first of all, I don't eat a ton of meat. So maybe I'll have a hamburger twice. Or or mushroom burgers or something like that. Right. So it's definitely Rondé, uh, because he is the partier. So let's not forget, <laughs> my brother, my brother played 16 years in the NFL. So oh, six shit, years longer than me. That. Yeah. Like he's wow. had a ton of success. And but the most important thing with playing 16 years is he's got six more years of game checks than I do. Which means he doesn't have to <laughs> It's my I thought he could play golf. Say hello hey. to CJ. Hey. Oh, hey! Hey! He's hey. hey. oh, got the same eyebrows as Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, have a oh, I have a Saluki. It's like a greyhound. It's like a greyhound, but it has but it has uh, fur. It has hair. Awesome. Awesome, so, man. CJ. Oh, shout out. What's his name? Yeah, she's great. CJ, oh, her she, name. CJ. She. CJ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful, man. Shout out CJ. Thank you for joining the show. <laughs> she wants See, something, but I don't have anything for her. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eli, you talk about your wife bringing you stuff? My wife opened the door. It's like, CJ's bothering me. <laughs> put her in my, put her in my office. <laughs> Shout yeah, out yeah, to the wives, man. Let's, let's, hope call, right? let's hope we can get dinner with the wives one day, man. We'll talk That's about right. that off the, off the yeah. side, man. Most sure. definitely. Um, but TK, is there anything else you wanted to add, brother? Before, before oh, we yeah, I could ask Tiki Barber questions all night long. Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course. Tiki, He's that great. You know, well, I'm not going to take up any more time. Thank you for everything you did for the Giants. I know you got a lot of shit. I gave you shit at the time. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I did. As long as you got love right now, that's all that the matters. Story Absolutely. You told earlier as I was watching, you have nothing but love for me. 
Thank uh, you. I also got to let you know, for the longest time, we were drinking at the Tiki Barber Tiki Bar <laughs> in the backyard <laughs> of one of my best friends in the world. We need, we need to like, we need to like commercialize that. Yes. Start the franchise. Uh, yeah. Come on, that's Hell not yeah. the first time you've heard that. Let's no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, but I've never commercialized it. So yes. never, oh, yeah, never yeah, made yeah. money on it before. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. <laughs> excellent thank you tk i do appreciate you, your t. time brother thank you for joining the show thank you guys eli jeff uh mr glass foot half full spiro thank you guys for letting me do this TK, it, nice to virtually meet you you guys Likewise. have a great evening time, brother thank you so to wait and shout out sh wait. shout out to the callers by the way yeah, shout out to the callers, but Speaking of the wives, speaking mm -hmm. of the wives. Oh, you're going to go here. We have, huh? we, have, we have to talk about this a little to. bit. We have to. My wife would, would hate me ball. if I did it because, listen, I'm recording the show right now. I'm about to, after we're done with this interview, I'm off. Um, That's so right. It's, 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 it's Tuesday, Tuesday night. <laughs> so I wanted to say, let's, let's forget about the girls for a second. Outside of Gorga, because I think you and Gorga are boys here. Yeah, yeah. Who, who's, who's, Joe who's the next? Yeah, who's the next your your next boy? Like, who have you become Joe, Joe, friends but, with? Joe Benigno, Benigno, uh, we talk all the time. Um, That's awesome. He he is he is the man, Benigno. He's he's awesome. And Marge is a is is great to my wife Tracy. And so That's we awesome. chat and hang out with him uh, probably the most. But they're all cool as hell, especially Catania. Like, yeah, he's, just, he's, a, he's an animal. That like guy. he's like the dude's dude, man. He's just like whatever you need, man. Got you. We're good, man. Let's go. Uh, I, I I had so much. Like there's a lot of drama in this show, as you as you know. Oh yeah. But I had oh, yeah. so much fun uh, filming it with these guys, and uh, it was funny because you know I was always talking to the dudes. I was like, dude, how do you stay out of this drama? Right. And they're like, we just say stuff that we that we know they can't air. So we <laughs> so, so we end up so so we end up not on it. Like we're there, they show our faces, but we don't ever have any drama. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. This is see, you only get Smart. this kind of content here at New York Revival. Tiki's just dropping it on us. Hey, one last thing, and we'll move off of it. Teresa, does she live up to the hype? <laughs> uh, Teresa's Teresa's is she as is she, she as she's, special she's, as she is? She's intense. Let's put it that way. She's intense. Look, I know this because of Giants fandom. She's like a sports fan in New York. She yeah. is passionate as hell. And if you aggrieve her in any way, right? If you say Eli, you uh, you know you're comical, right? She's coming yeah. after you. And so, something oh, giant Twitter. So it's Giants Twitter. That's right. That's right. That's, right. That's, so that's exactly right. Um, okay. Shout out to her. Yeah, they're all great though. I love, I love them. They're, they're, awesome. We had so much fun shooting that over over the last summer. I, so I love it, man. Here's a, here's a section. We're gonna switch it up just a little bit because I want to get more in detail after this. Uh, here's a game we call shots because we are like. A TV show at a bar, like we're supposed to be a bar type TV show, and cheers, we got a segment cheers. called Shots, guys. All right, you, you, and what Shots more, is, yeah, yeah, let's get yeah, we need to pour a little more. And what this there Shots game is very, very simple. We're gonna give you an example here, brother Tiki. We're gonna call right. out a name, an object, etc. So, for an example, I'm gonna give you a name, uh, Eli Manning, Jeff. One word. Goat. Goat. All right. Giants. Goat. All right. Sp uh, Spiro. Legend. Legend. Uh, LT. Oh. Freak. One word. I wasted goat. goat too early. So, so you yeah, wasted goat too told, early because the goat is I came out, came out way hot. Start over. Yeah. That's another story. <laughs> he, he so gets with the that game. being said, you have the examples of what to do. Okay. One more responses, quicks on the fly. So I'm gonna give you a name. Uh, gotcha. Brandon Tierney. Tierney. Excuse me, Brandon Tierney. That's my brother, man. Brother. Brother. Tom Coughlin. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot. Take a shot. High and tight. High and tight. <laughs> 
complicated. Put it that way. Because okay. I, I love him as a coach. He was such a pain in the ass. As his <laughs> <laughs> and we'll dive into that. We'll yeah. dive into that a little Com- more. Complicated. Say no more. Eli yeah. Manning. He's a legend. I thought you were going to say comical. No. <laughs> no. But you guys are seeing what the hell I was talking about. Yes. Of yes. Course. You guys are seeing of what course. I'm talking about. Of course. Giants fans. Goats. Oh, oh smart, see, smart man. Pander. Pander. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's real. Trust oh, me. I've, I've seen them everywhere. I mean, Kansas City, Kansas City might have it a little bit. And that's only because I have a little bit of a soft spot for them because of after 9-11, how they treated us when we were out there. I was expecting hell. They were amazing. Um, awesome. But there's a lot of apathy around the league, bro. Right? You go to some of these stadiums, like they don't they don't care. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. and in the heyday when the Giants are good, the, the fans are unbe- unreal. Yeah, awesome. I got a few more, nothing crazy, but Jim Fossil. <sighs> he, I'll, I'll call him a pseudo father. He was like a second father to me. Um, awesome. And without him protecting me, I I wouldn't have been a Giant. They, I mean, I, I was joking, but I'm, I was serious. They were literally trying to get rid of me. And mm. Jim protected me and kept me around and helped me find my path that allowed me to become the player that I ultimately became. Awesome. Nice one. Wellington Merrill. Awesome. Oh, man, I, I get sad um, when I think about Wellington. I don't, and that's weird because when I think about Bob Tisch, I have this – it's a, it's the 180-degree emotion. Like I just like an elation I have when I think about Bob. It's like a celebration. When I think about Wellington, I get sad. Um, he was, he was, he was iconic, mm-hmm. right? He goes the back Duke. to the beginning of the league. He's the Duke. The right? Duke. Yeah. The name is on the ball. Oh, yeah. Right. He had a, he had a quiet presence. He was always there sitting on his little chair. Like he had a fold up chair that just held in his hand, open it up, sit there. He was always there. And he very rarely spoke to us, but when he did, you listen. And we're going to, we're going to dive in a little bit of that more, if you don't mind as well. Uh, but I got two more for you, TQ. Go ahead. Uh, family. <sighs> Family's love, man. It's love. I don't think and I don't think I realized the importance of family, extended, and friends until I went through a divorce. Lost. Mm. I lost a lot of friends. They just disappeared. And mm. you find out. You find out who loves you, who doesn't. Mm. And last but not least, Tiki Barber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The lesser hey. twin. I got to do that. Never that. I'll say this. My one word, because me and Rondé share this. Mm-hmm. This is our goal. Twinning. I like right. that. I like that. I want to dive a little bit more into Wellington Mario, because yeah. not too long ago, there was a big controversy about the Giants organization, the Brian Flores lawsuit. We're not going to mm-hmm. dive into that too much, but there was a caller that said something that the Giants is a racist organization. Yeah. And he kind of wanted you to kind of agree to that, but that wasn't your truth. Yeah. But the passion you had for Well and Tamara, just break down how instrumental he was in your career or in your life per se. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that caller was trying to say things like you are – a black man in New York media, of which there are not a lot. Um, you could count on one hand the number of black hosts that have been at WFAN 
I think there had been one other in the midday. And it was, this is his, this is him saying this. It was my responsibility to call out the Giants organization for being racist. And as you said, Eli, that, that's not my truth. Like, that's not what I experienced. The relationship that I have with the Giants, you know, the, the, the team and the organization, the owners is deep and real. And they embrace me in ways that I didn't expect. You know what I mean? You know, maybe there's just a, a person ability, a person ability about me. You guys see it that just makes me a little bit different. But I, I never saw that, so I I couldn't co-sign it. But I I mentioned about Wellington and how impactful he was just as an, on an organ as on an on our organization. And if you took the time, which I did, because I'm curious, as I've told you guys before, to learn about his history and the history of the team and the, you know, the like his 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 uh, mantras to life with family, faith, and and football, and to see that actually exist every single day. Like all of his grandkids would be there, like all the time. Timmy McDonald, one of his uh, you know grandkids who now works for the organization, um, he was a ball boy. He was they they were always there, right? His his sons, Chris and John, you know they were uh, they were always there, uh, Frank. And, you know, you just felt like you're part of a family if you embraced um, what that family, meaning the Giants, was all about. And so I embraced it. I fully embraced it. Right. I had good coaches. Uh, even Tom, who I who I joke about and who's not having a good relationship with. He was a great coach to me. Like he made me into a star without him. I'm not I'm not, you know, an all pro. I'm not, you know, 10,000, 5,000 yard guy. And you know, I'm not without him. So I respect the hell out of what the organization created for me. Like this brand that allowed me to step out of the game and go work in media and do all start businesses and 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 have a personality and a persona outside of the game. That all started because Wellington Merrim agreed to draft me. And you know when when you know I told that story about going up to visit him when this caller called yeah. uh, on the day that he ultimately passed, passed away. I mean I was shocked. Like I was I was honestly shocked. I was at home. It was our off day. Um, Ronnie Barnes, who is a uh, our, our black head of training, uh, called me. It's like the mayors want you to go up to see Wellington in, in Westchester. And I remember walking in and Shockey was walking out because Wellington loved Jeremy Shockey. Loved him. <laughs> like, and, and Jeremy did some you know crazy stuff. And yeah. Wellington would always try to get him back in line. And Shockey was walking out and he was like, they're all in there. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, all of them. Like, it's 11 kids and 42 grand, 43 grandkids. <laughs> right. It was. Wow. And, you know, here I am walking through this, this, it was, I don't know, it was surreal, right? I've done some surreal things. Like I was in the Knesset in Israel with Shimon Perez, right? I was in the State Department with Condoleezza Rice. Walking into Wellington Mara's house as he was uh, on his deathbed and getting a chance to go up to him, say a prayer with him and whisper in his ear to thank him for everything that he was able to do for me was just like, how do you forget that? You know what I mean? How, how does how does anything mean more? Because this is this was me professionally, right? Um, and then to have the game that I had the following weekend, that subsequent weekend against you know still the then Washington Redskins, where you know I had 211 yards and in three quarters, took myself out of that game and gave the football to Timmy McDonald, and you know accomplished what I to honor. Like is that's the only way to honor them, is yeah. to is to, is to do what he brought me there to do exceptionally well. And it was an it was an all time game for me at the time, and you know, uh, it, I don't know it, it it moves me in a, in a way that just makes me emotional. 
That's a real life yeah. moment right there. That's right. Just, yeah. right. Yeah. Something right. that means that much to you to, to get right. to say thank you at, at that moment. Right. And again, it's not family. Like it's not, it's not like my son, AJ, who's at Princeton. And I remember him being born and chasing and my twins and, you know, my, it's, it's not family, but it's, it's, it's different. Right. And it's right. just, right. it's like this adjacent family that, you know, could easily just be cast off as this, as this, you know, professional stop that I had in my career. And so it's why it hurt me so bad when Giants fans used to say Tiki hates the Giants. I'm like, mm. you you just don't understand, mm. right? It's my job to be critical. It's my right. job to have an opinion. And even if it doesn't mess with your opinion, doesn't mean that I'm harboring a like a an ill will towards this organization, this family. Hell, families fight. You know this, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, it wasn't always great with the Giants, but that's that's life. And so um, and. And, and it's funny you say that because, again, just to dive into a little more, a lot of fans do think you have this bitterness or et cetera. Like they have this misconception that you hate this organization. But after no. hearing that story, they should understand exactly how you feel, especially for, for Mr. Mara, well, it's a Mara, the Duke. Like they should understand that you you love this organization with a passion. No doubt. That it is your job just to the broad to be critical to be the broadcaster but here's the thing eli here's the thing eli it's it's hard to do what i do to step into what i started doing it's hard right it's 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 hard to be critical it's hard not to be um a homer you know what i mean it's hard not to always you know be spiro over there glass half (laughs) right it's 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 hard to just tell it like it is but i've always felt like if you're asking me a question i have to be truthful Right. I have to tell you what I really feel, um, you know, otherwise, why are you hiring me to do my job? Right. And so, um, you know, it's just, it, 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 it was frustrating, but I, I, I think I always just felt like in time it'll come around. Right. It doesn't do me any good to fight people on social media. It doesn't do me any good to, you know, fire back and like and, and call people names like they were calling me. It, it just mm. it, do, it doesn't do me any good. And so we talked about this when, before we started. Uh, Jeff, yeah. I, just, I I have to ignore, you know, as much as I would love to respond and just like everybody wants to get their little pound of flush back and say, eh, take that. Right. I, I just I never do it. Um, I don't, I don't know. I respect that. I'm well, just I'm not combative that like that. Well, I'm hoping this show helps shine the light on where you're actually coming from. And that was part of what we wanted to accomplish. And I think we did. And I think I saw some comments in here from people who I saw on Twitter who were coming from one way and then they were like, okay, wow, like needed to hear that, was glad yeah. to hear that. So that was I mean, part I, of our I'm, 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 you guys, I mean, you guys will find out. I am the easiest person in the world, man. Like I, I don't have enemies, right? And I just, I just, it's not worth it. And if I do, I just don't interact with them, right? If, 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 I, <laughs> yeah. if, if I have a relationship with somebody and we have an issue, we're going to figure it out, right? It's worth figuring it out. Uh, otherwise, it's not worth having that relationship. So, um, and let me make this clear too. Um, a lot of people, I'll give you some inside information. Since Tiki Barber, we DM'd each other. Let me tell you, he has a birthday before me. Right. I don't expect a, a text from Tiki Barber to wish me a happy birthday, but this is how great he is, guys. This will give you some inside information. You know, he actually texts me. Think it's a little bit at night before the day ended. And he's like, "Hey, bro, happy birthday! Cheers." That right there just dispel like. I owe you one. I'm in forever in debt to you, T. Uh, thank you so sent, much for that. He I sent us a screenshot. So. <laughs> I did. I did. So uh, thank you so much for that. For all the fans out there, man, 
This is just a great guy, man. Forget all the other stuff that comes with it. He's a legend. And I say that right here. Give him in his flowers. He is a legend. But on a happy you, note, Tiki, I want to say this. Um, How was it getting a phone call to be part of the Ring of Honor? Oh, how that was, was it getting that It call? was amazing. Take me through that journey. Take me through your emotion. How yeah, was it? Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was, you got to understand, that was a really rough time in my life. Um, you know, I was, I'd stop, I was not at NBC any longer. I was sitting in my apartment, basically not leaving. I probably was depressed in some capacity, but I didn't, you know, I'm a man. I don't got, I'm not going to talk about being depressed. I don't do that. I'm feelings. I'm good. I'm talking about feelings. I go, um, I go to a therapist. Don't worry. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. yeah. But I mean, back then I was, you, nobody thought about that. Like now true, you hear it on true. like commercials, like better true. health or whatever that help or whatever these things are. And, you know, it was before, um, Bray, uh, what's his name? Uh, the wide receiver, Ed, was it Braylon Edwards? Yeah, Marshall. I don't know who it was. Marshall. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Oh, Brandon Marshall. That's right. Brandon, Brandon Marshall. Marshall. Yep. Brandon Marshall. talking about it. Now you hear about it all. Like, it was before all that. You just, right. as an athlete, you just compartmentalize it. You're like, I'm good. I'll figure this thing out. I'm, I, I got this. I'm good. Right. These, these negative feelings are nothing. And so it happened during, you know, going through a bad divorce, not, not working, just kind of lost in limbo without, without purpose. And, you know, they invited me back to, to be a part of the inaugural ring of honor. And it meant something because I hadn't been over there, you know, in four, four years, maybe, you know, I had, I just had, I just hadn't been over there. And, you know, when I, when I got there, it, I mean, you wouldn't believe like Strahan was there. Like they were all nothing but love, right. John and, and Steve Tish and John Tish. Like it, it was, it was amazing. And, you know, I, I, I'll never forget because they, they introduced me and Giants fans booed me. Um, at my ring of honor. And all I could do was smile at it because I knew where they were coming from. And in a, in a weird way, I respected it. We're a defensive, um, we're a defensive bunch. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like in a weird way, I respected it, but it became, I don't know. It did, it wasn't defining. It was more like, it's almost like they care, right? You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Like they care. Yeah, Otherwise, if they didn't care, they would just be like, eh, eh, whatever. Apathy is worse than hate. Yeah, right? When yeah, you think about yeah. it. And so, um, you know, I hope over time that changes for the majority of Giants fans. I think it I will. Think, I think Giants fans need to remember what you actually did for the Giants give, and who you really were. Them. I'm going to give it to them, them right now. Yes. Because, you know, I think a lot of fans are younger and they don't remember. They hear the story about the comments and they latch on to that without forming an opinion of their own or even going back and watching games and seeing what you were game in and game out. Everyone's going nuts because Saquon Barkley had 2,000 scrimmage yards his, his rookie <laughs> year, right? Tiki over his last seven years averaged 1,920 yards mm. from scrimmage, okay? Not only that, played all 16 games in six out of seven years only missed two games in that one year. So he played 14 games the one year he missed time. Yeah. Think about what that meant. Like you were being used as a receiver before a lot of running backs were. You were getting a targets every year. You would have been a great PPR. fantasy running back. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I get a lot of PPR love. Hey, you want my fantasy league for me. But you were, you, were, you were a complete back. You were a great giant. And I think you were the best at, you know, there were a few like complete backs that you can think of but what you did better than anyone i've ever seen is you knew when a play was over and you knew how to squeeze that extra yard or two and pop up and get back to the huddle and kind of going along with that you always knew how to avoid the big hit 
yeah. you were yeah. diving under. I, how many times did I see linebackers collide above you and you just popped off <laughs> yeah. like smiling, yeah. like time yeah. for the next snap? Yeah, hey, you did that. My mama didn't raise no fool, man. <laughs> but, and, but but like you see, you see Saquon, who's got obviously all the talent in the world. Yeah, he but he's dancing behind the line of scrimmage. He doesn't put his shoulder part, down. Part of that's not his fault. Part of that's not his fault. Like some of it, some of it is him, right? Because it's 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 trust. But a lot of it, I think, is coaching and an inferior offensive line. So you go back to those great years that you were talking about with me, particularly the last three, where it was, you know, 1,500, 1,800, 1,600 yards rushing. Just I rushing. had such a trust. Yeah, just rushing. Just such a trust with Luke Pettigrew and, and, and Richie Sorberg and Sean O'Hara and Chris Snee and Kareem McKenzie. Like, I, I knew exactly what they were doing. And you know why? Because I would go sit in their meeting rooms with them. You know what I, I would wow. I would I would we we'd order pizza. I mean, hell, on Fridays we'd have beer, right? We'd bring in like cases of they beer. They were pretty good too. They were pretty good. Well, <laughs> they were good. Was, but it's not about it's not about it's not about being good. Yeah. It's about being on the same page. So Absolutely. if you watch some of my highlights, and there's one and and, and it's got brought up um what's his name at um Big Blue VCR. Yeah. He brought he he put all those um highlights from you know, from the, from my career and in, in the Washington game in particular, the, my last touchdown, it's like a 40 something yard touchdown and Sean O'Hara is pulling around. Right. So he's, mm -hmm. we're, we're lined up. Sean O'Hara is pulling around to the right and, I, and I'm tasked. It's called 36 uh, uh, sprint 36. Right. He's got to pull around. He's got to find the guy who they've now comboed down and there's a scraping linebacker. Right. Mm hmm. The guy, there's nobody. Like he's 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 confused, right? <laughs> but the reason that that play worked is because if you watch it, go back and watch this. My depth, I'm not running towards the line of scrimmage. My angle at the point of attack is is so specific. It's it's intentional. So I turn, you know, a controlled step. I'm running to basically three yards deep of the tight end, right? So that I have space. So if God forbid something get gets blown up blown up right because when you when you have games happening on the offensive line all it takes is for someone to blow up right. that guard and mm -hmm. now they're in the backfield and if you're too shallow the play's dead right Absolutely. so you got to know these things right so it was it was perfect step i was aiming two yards at deep of the tight end and i was just kind of looking at looking at sean but keeping my path so mm -hmm. it was like intentional on my path intentional on my path and eventually we start to converge and i see that he can't like he can't find his block and so I know I gotta I gotta do something. So I, up, I, yeah. I slow down and I push him. Like I just gave him like <laughs> yes. a little a little suggestion. I like I, <laughs> I, call it. So I gave I gave him a suggestion. Right, I'm keeping my feet are still moving, and he 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 gets it. He feels me, and he bumps into the to the to the linebacker scraping over top. Yes. I cut right behind him, split the defense, and go and score a touchdown. So yeah. like success in a run in the run game is about trust. It's about being so precise with your, you know, your steps, the offensive lines, mesh points. And if you don't do that and you're guessing from jump, you have no chance. I mean, you might get lucky because you're a jitterbug and you're and you're you're athletic, yeah, yeah. but the, the the chances of success are 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 tiny right. if you if you do it any other way mm -hmm. than precise. And so I spent time with my line so that those things could happen. Right. It wasn't a mistake that I would go for 30 or 40 or 50. Right. I'd break out, have these these massive runs it was because we we practiced them like we we, we rehearsed them. 
It was like a script. Like, you know, you guys know I did Broadway, yeah. right? I did Broadway with yes. Kinky Boots, right? So yes, yes. like the, hard, the hardest thing about doing Broadway was the blocking. Like I got I to gotta not run into that guy as he's yeah. crossing in front of me. It's the same yeah. thing with football. And one of the reasons that I think Saquon is struggling is because he, there's no trust between him and that offensive line. True. And half the time I'm watching his feet and his feet are like all over the place. I'm like, where are where, like, what's the plan? Like there's no, there's no plan. It's just like figure it out when you get there. That yeah. works. That works for Le'Veon Bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> that works for Barry Sanders. It doesn't work for 98% of running backs in the NFL. That's the right. issue. That's it's not Saquon. It's part have Saquon, you, but it's not Saquon. Now, have you ever gotten a call from a Saquon? Because again, you're one of the greatest Giants running back we ever seen. We ever had. Yeah. So did you ever get that? I call talked to from him early. Saquon? I okay. talked to him early. Yeah. Um, he had a, his his PR guy, Ron Berkowitz, and I are friends. He's actually my neighbor. He's A-Rod's guy, too. Um, and, you know, he we went to uh, Rayo's together, you know, when, when he first wow. got drafted. And, wow. you know, we chatted. I, I, I loved him, man. He, he asked all the right questions. You know, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Right. I, he's curious. He's humble. Um, he can be a stud. He's just got to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? I got away with it because it was 1997. There was no... I mean, it was Twitter, but nobody gave a shit about Twitter. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody cared about social media. Like yeah. Right? No, not like so there was none of that. Like, I, right. I battled injuries just like he did. Like, right. But I had a coach who withstood, like, some of those negative seasons and and helped me survive. Saquon's had three coaches. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. like, it's almost Offensive unfair. <laughs> it's, it's almost unfair to criticize him. But I agree. Health is, health is an issue, and the lack of a plan is something that's – it's 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 painfully obvious as when I watch this the Giants run game. So I got a question for you. Oh, this is off topic here, but I I, I heard you talking about your love for the, your offensive line. Yeah. Financially, how much did you love them? What's your best gift that you've given out to your offensive line? So uh, so I'll say so. You guys see this watch? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a it's a Panerai Luminor. This mine, gonna, uh, mine is actually the 1950 edition. Which is you know these are these are Italian naval diving watches, and and they ran a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. And so my last no, this was my penultimate year. My penultimate year, I got all the guys. I think I got ten of them, because it was just so it was all it was the starters. And I think I I think I got the the backups of different watch, but I still got them watches. I got them all panerized, and it was funny yeah. when I gave them to them because they were like. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. Like, do I wear this? Or do I just keep it in a box? Right? What do I do? Right, right, right. <laughs> let, me, let, let me tell you something full circle. So sure. uh, about three months ago, um, Richie Sorberg reached out to me and he showed me uh, that he gave that watch to his son oh, when his son like oh, became a man type of thing. It was, just, it was just he amazing. Him. That's it, awesome. was, it was awesome. Like, it was just, yeah. I was like, you know that's what, awesome. Richie? You might not have ever worn it, but I'm glad I gave it to you, right? Oh, um, yeah, that's awesome. It, so, you know, the, the um, I forget, I forget the Harley shop. It's right up in, it's, um, it's right up, uh, you know, throughway, um, Orange City, maybe Orange, Orange County Orange Choppers. County. Orange yep. County, yeah. Oh, yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Yep. So, my last year, I was, because I, I, I become a Harley guy, I have a fat boy low. Nice. Um, my last year, I was gonna get all of them custom made. Wow, uh, Harley's. And but so I so I called up those guys at Orange County. I was like, all right, this is what I'm looking for. You know, you know, yada specs, etc. 
because they would have had to re like refit them because of their weight. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like, yeah. It was gonna yeah. cost like it was gonna cost like a hundred and twenty grand a bite. And I was like, no, no. Uh, you know, I'm a kind of bitch. I get, I get, I get to something else. That's awesome. I was story, like, yeah, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. I'm good. Appreciate I was it, good man. to, I was good to him. It's not that good. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that is an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. I know we don't have too much time, but I'm having a ball, and I can keep you all night. But I know you have to go. You know, you got to get up in the morning, Tiki and. But before we get out of here, I just want to go over to New York sports a little bit. And I know Speed had some some questions regarding baseball, etc. So I'm going to yeah. give it to you, Speed and, and Hefe, man. What do you got for yeah. Tiki with these New York sports? Yeah, I only got one. I only got one. And that, that, can I go first if you don't mind, guys? Go, go, mind. go for it, buddy. Julius Randle. Oh. What the oh. hell is going on? I'm sorry, oh. I got to get close here. Yeah. What is oh. going on I actually with had Julius Randle? I had this conversation with BT a couple, yeah. maybe it was last week. Um, so, so I, when I knew I was retiring, uh, Brandon Jacobs was there. Um, uh, uh, Derek Ward was there and my, Ahmad Bradshaw wasn't there yet, but I remember telling BJ cause BJ liked to think he was the man, like I'm the man. I'd be like, BJ, I'm retiring, right? <laughs> this is all on you next year. Yeah. And I didn't oh, realize man. how good Ahmad would be. I didn't know they were going to get, you know, get Ahmad. Derek mm -hmm. Ward was there as well. But I was like, BJ, you're going to become the man. And when you become the man, this whole like I can just come in and steal Tiki's touchdowns is not going to work anymore. Thank you got to be reliable <laughs> every play as a runner. I think ask you to catch the ball as a pass blocker. Like it is hard to be the man. And for a long time, he just didn't. He was like, yeah, okay, whatever, Tiki, I got it, I got it. But then when I retired, he was like, yo, Tiki, you're right. You're talking, yeah, you're right, man. It's just hard work. I'm like, I was like, put it. I was like, BJ, put in the hard work, you'll be fine. And obviously, he was. I mean, they rushed for as many yards as we rushed the year before, um, when I, after I was gone. So they, it worked. But the problem I think for Julius Randle is that he became the man in a vacuum. Mm. He became the man when New York sports fans weren't there to criticize even yeah. when he was doing well, right? Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I had some great seasons. Fans. I had some great yeah. seasons and then I'd fumble and I'd get booed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. New York fans are gonna give it to you. He, when, he, he had his second team all NBA season when New York fans weren't there to hold him to account. And then all of a sudden he comes back and he's feeling hype. He's got this new contract. He's like, I'm the man. You know, uh, Tibbs is going to run everything to me because who else is drawing double teams, right? He's got he's to go to me. I got to pound this thing in the rock at the top of the key, right? And 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 the pressure of being the man in a critical environment, it just weighed on him. And I know he talked yeah. about his kid, and I'm very sensitive to that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to, like, dismiss it. But it's I'll, I'll go back to what I told Brandon Jacobs. It is hard to be the man. And he couldn't handle it. And, you know, whether it's right next year, I, I don't know. But I can tell you, even though it was garbage, you know, games and didn't mean anything, I, I loved watching Obi Toppin play. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I mean, him wow. flying down the lane in that last game, was just like. Dude, dude he dunks oh, way, yeah. way too easily. Like, he's just looking down at the rim. And now he's, he's knocking good. down shots. He's got that, you know, fake dribble handoff. He turns. I mean, he's just, he's turned into a more confident player. Tibbs mishandled that. Obviously, I totally and, agree. Um, him and IQ, him and IQ went out on a really yeah. high note, though. So that's right. Like IQ is going to be a six. I can see him being a six man of the year. IQ. Oh yeah. Hands down. It. Hands down. Do appreciate so, that, man. Speed, what you got? 
real quick, I, I, I'm going off. On, on I see Ryan here. asking real quick. Was, yeah. Was, so I, was Seahorn actually as good as we, we remember? We have this Hell, question. Yes. This debate all the time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Clear it up. Yes. Okay. Yes. Clear it up, Tiki, if you can. If you got time. Jason, yeah, go right Jason Seahorn was one of the best athletes I ever played with. Ooh. And the only reason Seahorn career got derailed, and it really didn't. He still had a great career. But it didn't. It wasn't as long as it was. The only reason it got derailed is because he actually wanted to be Dion. He Ooh, wanted yeah. to be a kick returner. <laughs> a little cocky. Oh a little yeah. Cocky. No, you, you guys remember this, right? And the, the Jets preseason games, he tears his ACL. Mm -hmm. yes. He, he could have oh. been great at that, but he, he wanted to do what the best do. Oh, and... so he wanted to do that. The coaches didn't didn't. Oh put that no, on hell no. He was like, I want to return kickoffs. I want to stay. But no one told him, like, dude, stay the hell out the way. You, you, your, your talent, like, no one, like, he didn't have that privilege. Like, like, he no, wanted to. No, he did have that privilege because he said, "I want to be the kick returner," and, oh, they, and we let him. That's terrible. <laughs> and he tore his knee. Oh my goodness! Seahorn <laughs> did some. He did things that, like, you're just like, dude, what? So you think he, he could be nuts, fine? Man. You think he'd be Jason fine in Seahorn. today's today's game too? Yes, absolutely. Wow, absolutely. Do you think Jason we'll ever Seahorn see another freak, man? This is a big question. Great. Another white cornerback. Are we ever going to see a white cornerback again? Um, there was one this past year, I believe. I forget his name. Um, we will all forget his name, probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He works at Walmart now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I think we will. I think we will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. It's just a matter of gravitating to the position. Right. It's, now, no, it's, no, Jason, it's no different than the than the black quarterback or you know the black punter. We actually had yeah. a black punter at some point. We I'm actually called him. Marquis King, I think. Yeah, yeah, we, actually, we actually we actually called him BP from Black Punter. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking great. Well, you know what? Jason Seahorn used to fluff his hair more than Tom Brady at the time. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he made it cool. You know, right. He made it cool, man. Shout out Jason Seahorn. I'd love to get him on the show if he's out there. I, I got to reach man. out to him. Oh, that would be great. I know you guys, hockey is is, is falling. It, it, it's down on the level of interest for New York fans, yeah. but Rangers are, are starting to heat up here, man. Do we Rangers have a shot? Do we have a shot? I mean, of course <laughs> you have a shot. You have a, you have a goalie in Shesterkin who can you know stand on his head, as they like to say, and be and be great. Oh. Um, it's interesting because when it, it's funny, BT likes to you know we we have a daily pick segment that we do every every, and, and he's always oh. like trying to pick the Rangers, and <laughs> and I'm like, it, if if it's Georgiev and goal. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't pick that. Maybe take the maybe take the over, but be careful. Yes. yes uh, right, but right. look, I, the, the Chris Kreider is going to score 50 plus goals this year, right? They, he hit it they, tonight. He hit it he tonight, did. By oh, they hit the So Their their top line is amazing. They brought in some reinforcements. Um, can they can they make a run at it? Yeah, of course they can. Um, but it's it's always as you guys know, it's always about uh, how a goalie plays in the postseason. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. The challenge, you know, for covering hockey on on our show is that hockey. I don't know when it happened. Maybe it was, a, you know, two decades ago. It, it stopped being a national sport. Yeah. Um, it became. ESPN got it, rid of it. Yeah. That's it became. It, it became exactly. It became regional, and then it mm -hmm. became local. Yes. Like yeah. you legit don't even know who's on Philly. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it just it's so it's hard to have conversations with True. with hockey. I mean, hell, we we're don't bring it back, baby. We're bringing we it back. We don't, I mean, well, you know what would help? It would help if the Devils got good. It would help yeah. if the yeah. Islanders and you know I think maybe they can. They have a new a new arena which I have to get out mm -hmm. to the USB arena. Yes. Which because I've heard it's amazing. And so if if all three teams get relevant, 
then hockey That's can come got, back right. in New York. Right. Fair, fair. Totally agree. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jeff, uh, you got yeah. So instead of asking another hypothetical sports question, I'm just going to say a genuine thank you because you joining the show and, and we are three really passionate New York sports fans, diehard Love Giants it. fans, three good friends. We're brothers. We met doing this and we are <laughs> friends for life. Like this That's is awesome. never going to stop. So like what it means for you to join our show as we're trying to get off the ground. We've only been doing this a few months. This means the world to us. So I can't thank you enough. So I appreciate really you guys appreciate having me. It. Thank you for reaching out, Eli. Making connection, making that connection. Thank you. You never know. I use I usually ignore people, but I don't know. Eli, I think he's got something. He has something. You know what it is? Branding is everything. I mean, I I started a company that's a branding company called Julius. It's everything, right? Yes. And your profile, your avatar, that whole like, it's just epic, bro. It's epic. It's epic. It's that's epic. one thing. That's one thing I'm good at. Everybody keeps saying this is that the branding, epic. the marketing. Tiki. I'm good at that. Good Tiki, at he that. changed that picture for one day. We were like, put it back. No, no, yes, They're like, what do you think? So, Tiki, thank you so much. Honestly, I, I really hope one day I get to see you in person. Definitely. Get you a beer. Um, yeah, I really, really do mean that. Um, so I, I really hope we can actually do that. And Jeff is right to piggyback that. Thank you so much, man. We're a brand new platform and trust me, you didn't have to do this. And we reach out to a good amount of people. And, uh, the fact that you said, yes, thank you so much, man. This is, like I said, our, our childhood dream came true today. So guys, you heard it here on New York revival. Tiki Barber's the man 15 years had went by, let it go. Next time you see him at the Ring of Honor or anything at the stadium, you need to cheer him. You cheer that and man. Thank you. Yes. And give him his flowers while he's here to smell them, guys. Thank you, bro. Um, anytime. To close out the show, we just want to give a condolences to Dwayne Haskins' family and yes, also sir. Gary Brown, that also we lost here in the NFL yes. world, man. And uh, I just want to say, guys, boy. you know, you just – and that Tiki Barber's boy. And um, before before I continue, you want to give anything on Gary Brown? Give a story for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah please, Gary. Please. You know, Gary was on those Oilers teams back in the day. He used to tell me some stories about you – know, you've heard. Just go just go Google the, the Oilers in the, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. He used to tell us those gotcha. stories. But one, the funniest story, and this actually re- repaved the way for me to become uh, – it's not even a funny story because it's kind of it's kind of bad. Um, <laughs> Gary Brown, he rushed for 1,000 yards. I want to say it was in, in 99. In 90, I think 98 or 99, I think he rushed for 1,000 yards. Yep. And it was like, all right, Gary's going to be our guy. Uh, that off season, he uh, he he had a motorcycle. He's riding a motorcycle. A woman pulled out in front of him. He hit the car. It flipped up. He, he was all right. But you guys remember Gary? Gary was like that little stout, like mm, muscle yes. hamster t- type dude. He landed mm-hmm. on his ass, like yeah. right on his right ass cheek. And <laughs> he came in because he had to get treatment for this. He he, he had this <laughs> hematoma on his. I mean, you think you think Gary dashed his ass? Oh, this thing was it was massive. Like, we're like, bro, you look sexy, man. What's up? <laughs> so, and he ended up missing like a bunch of time. I think he retired shortly after that. But we used to clown him about that that hematoma. He he, he was the man, dude. He was I, I, I missed the hell out of him. He was thick, but I, I missed the hell out of him. I talked to him a couple times when Demarco Murray had his fumbling issues. He was the running back coach down there, so he called me up and and we chatted and. Um, I lament that I didn't get a chance to chat with him over the last year when, you know, he got ultimately pancreatic cancer uh, and he went in hospice the last couple of weeks. And it happened quick, man. It happened really quick. He was coaching out in Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, that, that was the last time I saw him. I did a Wisconsin game last year. It was the last time I saw him. And um, eight months later, seven months later, he passed away. Life is fragile, peeps. 
So tell the people I, you I love that you love them. Yep. That's a perfect way to end it because that was exactly what I was going to say, man. Tell the people you love them. Call your friends right now that you haven't called in a while. Just say, hey, man, what's up? That's right. And thank him. So That's right. just never know, guys. And uh, once again, on behalf of Tiki Barber, Jeff, Mr. Glass Half Full, Speed if you nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and your boy, Eli Rax. This is New York Revival, where we're not just sports, it's entertainment. Thank you so much, guys, for spending your Tuesday with us. Have a good night. Love you. Be good, guys. Peace, Pete.